Hello, I'm Sister Lisa Peter, and I'm coming to you today from Hazelwood, USA, the Edwin Elder Library. Coming to you from the ill, the Edwin Elder Library out of Hazelwood, USA. This is week one, day two. God awaits our voice from the book on prayer by Ken Gurley. When a child is born, a mother awaits a cry. The baby's cry provides evidence of a clear airway and functioning lungs. The baby can breathe and is capable of surviving in the outside world. God also waits to hear the voices of his children. Our cry to him indicates we have received the power to survive and thrive in this world. We recognize he is our source and strength. Through faith in him, we can overcome our world. 1 John 5 and 4. First responders have a M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C, a memorization device called ABC. Upon examining a traumatized person, first responders monitor airway, breathing, and circulation. Is the airway clear? Are they breathing? Do they possess a heartbeat and, a bl and blood flow? These are the vital questions that relate to our vital signs. These are the very indications of life itself. In the same sense, prayer is one of those first crucial signs of our spiritual man. Prayer is not a normal part of the life of the natural man. We hear it said that a person's life will suffer if he doesn't pray. But I question that. What will suffer is the life of the Son of God in him, which is nourished not by food but by prayer. When a person is born again from above, the life of the Son of God is born in him, and he can either starve or nourish that life. Oswald Chambers It is no exaggeration or overstatement that prayerlessness is the root cause of most of life's failures. Without prayer, we are severed from the abiding source of life. We are like a branch cut from the vine, left to wither and die. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing, John 15 and 5. Read that carefully and prayerfully. Jesus does not promise a passable life, average grades, or less than a stellar but acceptable existence. No, he said our failure to abide in him brings sure and swift destruction. In Christ, however, we live an abundant and overcoming life. Like the mother in the labor and delivery room, God awaits our voice. He delights in hearing our voice. Breathing may come naturally to a newborn. Prayer, however, does not usually come so naturally to a new child of God. It must be taught, caught, and sought. We teach people to pray. After hearing Jesus pray, one of his disciples petitioned him, Teach us to pray, Luke 11 and 1. That request sets the stage for Jesus to teach on the believer's prayer, providing an understanding of how to approach our God. Prayer must be taught. Sometimes, too, prayer is better caught than taught. We apprentice with someone who knows how to pray. Just a few days ago, I spoke with a minister I deeply respect. He had relocated to another area of the country and wanted to share with me the reason. His entire ministry had been one of faith, yet he longed to deepen his prayer life. So he moved next door to a pastor who is known for his deep prayer life. He told me each morning for the first few months he was there. He simply knelt and listened to the man pray. This is how my pastor once taught people to pray. He would tell women to kneel beside my wife's grandmother and listen to her. He said, you will learn to pray by being in the presence of someone who knows how to pray. Through the years, many people have told us they learned to pray by kneeling beside my wife's grandmother. Paul told the believers in Corinth, Imitate me just as I imitate Christ, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. We sometimes find those people who walk the walk and can learn to imitate them until we learn to pray. Prayer can and must be taught. Prayer can and should be caught. But prayer, more than anything else, must be sought. I can seek God on someone else's behalf. 
Over time, however, I recognize my prayers for others can never be a substitute for them praying themselves. Each person must learn to seek God with all his or her heart. When did people begin to pray? Prayer's first mention is found in Genesis 4. Genesis 4.26, Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. At least two centuries had passed since Adam and Eve had been expelled from the garden. Cain had slain Abel. Thorns and thistles dotted the landscape, and paradise was thoroughly lost. When Seth's firstborn son, Enoch, arrives, however we read that, people begin to seek after God. What convinced them God wanted to be sought? God wanted to hear their voice. Perhaps Adam had told a story of the walking voice. Maybe they understood in this and other stories how much God truly desired their presence. It was a day of no Bibles, no churches, no prayer charts, and no books on prayers. There was just some grace-given instinct within mankind to say, Lord, you are not just our creator, you are also our sustainer. We need you. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. The Hebrew word call, quara, has many meanings. It can mean to name, to proclaim, to cry out for help, to petition, to worship, to adore, to shout God's worthiness, to, to tell abroad, to publish, and so forth. By the time we reach Genesis 4, this word call has been used a number of times. Genesis 1 and 5, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Genesis 1 and 8, God called the firmament heaven. Genesis 1 and 10, God called the dry land earth and the waters he called sea. Genesis 2, 19, God brings the animals to Adam to see why he would call them. Genesis 2 and 20, Adam called their names. Genesis 2.23, Adam called Eve woman. Genesis 3 and 20, Adam called her Eve. Notice this, Genesis 3 and 9, God called unto Adam. This was after Adam had sinned, yet God still called to fallen man. Adam, where are you? You once walked with me in the cool of the day. I came looking for you, but you're not here. Adam, where are you? God called. This is the unanswered call of the one who cares, the call of the heavenly lover. The call echoes in every man and woman's heart. The mother calling, Doctor, is my baby okay? The mother breathlessly waiting the cry and breath of her newborn. God called to Adam in Genesis 3 and 9, and perhaps countless times since then. Decades passed before God received a response in Genesis 4.26. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. This act of calling upon God was esconned at first in the godly lineage of Seth. The patriarchs and matriarchs of faith flow from this lineage. So too does the Messiah come from this family who saw after God's presence. Enos's birth marked the moment when voices of men and women begin to be raised to God in prayer. To me, this suggests each of us, regardless of our past, can begin a new posterity. We can hit the reset button to start a godly lineage. A new world awaits when we raise our voice to God. The invitation to God's world. God's world awaits. Have you ever read the 91st Psalm? Not just a...